I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Welcome to Fire Up. I'm Chris Gale. Dennis Carnahan on assignment for the Canberra Raiders. I can now reveal that given that the Raiders have exhausted Queenslanders recruitment space and opportunity, New Zealand and the north of England, he's now in Switzerland thinking laterally trying to get some talent into the Canberra Raiders. We'll be joined later by Redfern Pat, but we are up in Queensland in the on the eve of State of Origin 3, and we're joined by Clancy Overall of the Batuta Advocate in a very lovely venue. Tell us about it, Clancy, and welcome. Thanks for having me, Gale. Um Yeah, look, uh, this is an iconic venue. I wouldn't say it's an iconic rugby league venue. Uh, Lefty's Old Time Music Hall, it's called, <laughs> and uh, anyone who's been... Uh, out in the tiles in Caxton Street, we'll be able to uh, tell you a story about this place. It's, um, yeah, it's a real, it's 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 an institution. It's not as old as some of them. It's uh, actually, as you can see over there, where they usually get the double bass going on Saturday night, that was once a stage that had a pole on it, uh-huh. formerly known as Velvet Cigar, this venue. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and obviously replaced... Uh, by a, a bit of a, when this place is pumping, the only way I'd describe it is it looks like the lower deck on the Titanic during the in the nineteen ninety seven film as, as it's going down. Well, some evenings it is like that. You might see up there. There's a big uh, uh, taxidermy moose head covered in bras. There's also got this little thing here where if you can uh, throw your bar your bra onto the um, to the horns of the moose. You get free drinks for the night. So, of course, why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Um, and you, know, you obviously were well known here as you were ushered in. They just said your usual table. Yep. I'm more of a dance music guy, so it's kind of like the monastery and places yep. like that yeah, in the monastery. valley for me. Yep, formerly known, uh, yeah, the, formerly known as the monastery. Then it was called Oh Hello for uh, a little it bit. It certainly was. The family nightclub uh, as well. That, zoo, was it? The, the zoo? zoo? The Zoo. The Zoo's a great live music venue. This is, you know... Fortune Valley still pumps. They didn't get those lockout laws um, that Sydney got. Uh, and Caxton Street does too. But, you know, of course, in the lead up to Origin, it's hard to get a place up here because Caxton Street's rammed with corpies right now. You've got Alfie across the street and Caxton's, I don't even know if he's talking, he's drinking there uh, in the Caco. And then, you know, every other venue all the way up to uh, up to the Paddo uh, is, is filled with former uh, Origin greats who are speaking to... Uh, crowds of overexcited corporate men um, and probably getting paid handsome money to do so. There's a lot of discussion that there's less hate in origin these days and is what you're reflecting on there part of it in that I see people like Joey John strolling around here with impunity. Mm-hmm. I would have felt 20 years ago they would have been doing so at peril of their lives. What's going on with Queenslanders that they seem to be more tolerant, understanding people? Uh, it, it, I think it has a lot to do with the way Brisbane has changed um, and, and some of the major... Uh, metro centres across Queensland. Once upon a time, Queensland was, uh, and and it, and it definitely showed in the politics of the so Joe era, Queensland had a larger population outside of the city right. than in, uh, and it was the only state to do so, hence why they had a nationals uh, majority government. And I, I feel like that just created an animosity towards the city in general. It, in Ten years ago, you could be abused for being from Brisbane. Yeah, sure. You right. know, yeah, that, was, the, the, the vast, that was a threat. Yeah, so the, the vast majority of the state. But I guess as people, you know, the kids all leave town and there's all these different opportunities in the city. Um, and nowadays you'll find in a lot of the big town, country towns further up north, most of the people living there are from the city uh-huh. uh, on the FIFO gigs, uh, making more money than God. <laughs> and making more money certainly than their mates who ended up playing in the NRL, that's for sure. 
more, more money than Wally Lewis, who I see is going to be buried in a Maroons casket when he goes, yeah. which is good to see Wally looking forward. It reminds me of uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss, who got into the casket business as well. He always says, I've got Kiss condoms and Kiss, Kiss caskets, so I get you coming out and going. Yeah, yeah, Maroon to the bone. Yeah, you mentioned Joe Bielke Peterson, by the way, and I, get, I got my first lesson in politics from my parents as we would holiday on the Gold Coast, as was the most exciting thing for a kid mm-hmm. growing up in Sydney in the 70s would be. You'd stay at 10, the Esplanade or the Focus or something like that. And mum and dad, I'm not going to speak about their political persuasion, but they say that guy is on television every night. Mm -hmm. And that was Joe. He Mm -hmm. understood media um, very early in the game, didn't he? Yeah, and it was, was, I mean, he was a populist of the highest order. And I think a lot has been uh, borrowed from him in the last decade, at least, in Australian politics. A lot of the Nats like to see themselves as, as, as a bit of a Joe, and, and certainly most recently um, the former Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, he had a lot of that feed the chooks about him. He'd get up there, <laughs> wouldn't answer a question, but would give talking points and he'd give sound bites. Uh, Joe had to work harder, though, and people in that era did. Hawkey did too, because and the footballers did, uh, because there was no social media. So you only, whatever makes the news, whatever people are seeing is what's been said that day, and then it disappears for good. Uh, and, and so I think that that's the difference nowadays, that, that those sparks burn twice as fast. Uh, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, uh, I think we're seeing the, the back end of uh, uh, Modi in, in India and, of course, Bolsonaro in Brazil. Of course. Um, because there is an oversaturation of these people. Um, just because you see him on your phone, you see him, hear him on the radio, you see him on the TV every night. But back in the day, you could actually make a career out of that for 20, 30 years, and and he did. It was uh, it was it was very close to a dictatorship for for many, for many years. Sarah Ferguson recently said her most difficult interview was ScoMo. She goes, "It's like interviewing a wall," which I thought was a bit of a tough comment on a wall. But uh, just what you've highlighted, that big three. I mean, if we lost ScoMo, Boris Johnson, and Trump, mm-hmm. maybe they could augment the current Maroons coaching big three in Smith, Slater, and Thurston that's the thing. I think these guys are perfectly media trained and it comes from being a part of that uh, decade of dominance, the eight in the row legacy. Uh, the first, I guess, era uh, to be have an entire team that was media trained, there wasn't too many people they kept away from cameras back then. I think GI, GI was, I think everyone was happy with his relationship with the media. It was more of a uh, mystery. Yep. Um, but he was about the only one they gave that to. Even Matty Bowen would, would hold a press conference after after you know a, an absolute flogging of New South Wales. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think those boys know how this world works. And also, you've got to remember they were the first era that would get haircuts. Right. So they were they were prim and proper, ready for the media. Um, and obviously that goes to another level now. You see some of the salads getting around the game today. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a whole separate industry. My former host of the show, Stephen Ferris, basically lives by rugby league haircuts. It's mm-hmm. the only thing that gets him out of bed in the morning. Mm. Now, you talk about uh, the media training and Bill Slater, of course, uh, the new Queensland coach. He's already done his first pivot. I mean, he was an open book about Origin 1 mm-hmm. as to who was playing. Go, This is my team, 1 through 17. And, of course, we're in a COVID crisis with Queensland in the lead-up to tomorrow's mm-hmm. game with Cam Munster and Talungi out with COVID, and it's Ducks and Drakes. Mm-hmm. Is it the ultimate Ducks and Drakes here that there'll be some sort of, I don't know, an executive mandate, say, from Premier Palaszczuk that will say, Munster has no symptoms, he can play? Is this going to be Queensland's ultimate? Well, when did he go down? Quite a while ago. I mean, yeah. I, the, the, the rumours blew up. Uh, the positive rat, I believe, was on Friday, so mm-hmm. I think he was ruled out by Sunday. Yeah. It's already Wednesday. Could yeah, be. I mean, I don't know. I... Oh. 
like I mean, I do know, and everyone in Queensland does know. And um, <laughs> we just don't know. Yeah, down the, here, right? the, the, the Southerners and the media class do not know. Um, so I'm not going to say too much. But what I would say is, with or without Munster um, and Tulangi, you know, backs are against the wall to begin with. You know, uh, man of the match was he man of the match game one and two Munster. No, I don't think he was man of the match game two. I think if yeah. I had Nathan Cleary might have yeah. just edged him out. E- there. Either way. Look, he, he bled a few in game two, so he's, he's back with or without him. The Maroons are going to have their back against the wall, and that's exactly where they need to be, especially playing game three decider at home. They You can't have them coming in confident, or you can't have them coming in uh, without you know that, that mindset that they need to get out of the panic room. This is an interesting contrast, of course. I mean, currently injured Queensland prop Christian Welsh was on television last night saying we've already lost, mm-hmm. which seems to be the beautiful positioning of Queensland. But the last time we crossed paths was April down at the uh, PWA Rumble at the Metro mm-hmm. Theatre where you came out, talked a lot of smack about New South Wales football mm-hmm. and was summarily tossed over the top rope pretty quickly by yep. Backman and Matt Rogers. Yep. It was uh, quick. That, what was that experience like and do you still maintain that confidence that New South Wales football is going to cop a trouncing tomorrow night? That's the thing. The um, the We spoke about this earlier, but the idea that we would now allow Joey Johns to walk down Caxton Street, that, that has changed yeah. about the yep. psyche of, of the Queenslander. But that that us against the world thing hasn't changed. And in that particular scenario, I was no choice behind enemy lines and I just had to come out on the front foot. And I got dealt with um, you know, accordingly. But I think there was a moment there where I'd already won. I'd already won regardless of what happened to me, regardless of how quickly I came out of the ring, to say what I said and to do what I did um, was the most important thing for me. And I think you'll find that in this new generation of Maroons, uh, they just want to be able to put... They just want to put some hurt on you, regardless of if that's in the scoreline. They want, they want you to be worried and they want you to realise that the legacy continues and that was not just uh, an era. What what you know the the trauma that you all experienced throughout the early two thousands to the mid two thousand and tens was not an era and it was not an outlier and it was not an anomaly and the North will rise again. Right. So in other words, Queenslander, it's a concept, it's a state of mind, it's mm-hmm. a way of being. Mm-hmm. And what you did was very Queensland on that night. Mm-hmm. Is is what you're suggesting? Yeah. Now, if we actually look at the game itself, Queensland beset by trouble but that's where they want to be. What about the Blues? What have you made of this Regan Campbell-Gillard situation where having been picked in Origin 1 and performing, I would say, quite adequately Mm -hmm. in a losing side, he's not been thought of despite Jordan McLean going out with a hamstring injury. They brought in Jacob Saifidi, who statistically nowhere is near Regan Mm Campbell-Gillard. Now, the word is that he's not been picked because he plays a different style of football. What's your take on that? I think that is... um an indirect way of saying he has a rugby union name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Regan Campbell-Gillard, once upon a time, could have played alongside the likes of Elton Flatley, Sterling Mortlock. Uh, there, were, there were a couple others from that era that you could... It would be, be impossible to script. I mean, they're... <laughs> they're, they're not league names, is what you're trying to say. They're not league names. And... Um, you know, I actually thought that myself. This young man with a moustache playing prop out there at West, uh, where did he come from? What one of the four rugby union wallaby factories did he step out of? Uh, you know, where did he get his HSC? 
And I realised he was a Fijian lad from Mount Druitt. So oh, yeah. it's interesting. The Islander boys um, and league in general are the more dominant double barrel surname code nowadays. Um, you know, I think the last one to come through the Wallabies was Adam Ashley Cooper, and he was a Central Coast lad anyway. He didn't go anywhere near the GPS system. So, um, yeah, the, 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 there is a change of dynamics. But the selectors and New South Wales um, are quite uh, behind the times. And, and I think that they didn't like this guy. They thought maybe he was a bit of a toff, um, didn't fit in with the playing group so much, when really, on paper, he's one of the boys. It's interesting because they talk about this New South Wales team, if not the entire Origin game, being too Pantherized, mm-hmm. And there is rumours that he didn't fit in with the Panthers. He wasn't FTH enough. Yeah. And, and I'm actually from the era of Nick Farr Jones, of course. Yep. And it's not well known that, in fact, his name was Nick Jones. And uh, the coaches took him aside and said, son, if you want to play for Australia... It's the far really That's well. Right. That would make sense too. I mean, it's a changing face. This, we saw the census results the other day. The nation is changing. The face of the nation is changing. I think um, Fitler has spent too long in the North Shore. Sure, he was a uh, Penrith boy, um, but he doesn't realise that you know there's a lot of young blokes like RCG cutting around the area uh, in this day and age. And um, I don't know. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of confusion though because uh, once upon a time. You know the the eight in the row Queensland side was. Um, you, you seem to have a, well, a very strong association with that period of time. Game Clancy. a lot of Queenslanders do. It was it was the best of times, and and that that game two tends to fall, or game three at least tends to fall around NADOC week as well, uh-huh. um, outside of the pandemic. And the boys would lift. The Queensland team would lift. We had Thurston, we had Thido, we had Bowen, we had Hodges, we had you know some of the fastest, strongest Murray footballers. In the land. In fact, we had the fastest, strongest Murray footballs in the land. And the Blues took a long time. I know Anthony Mundine will back me up on this um, to see uh, many of the uh, opportunities and talents that uh, the Blues were missing. They seem to be doing it again, though. So they not only do are they discriminating against you know an entire demographic of footballers uh, on one hand, they're also not um, bringing through the uh, the blokes that they think are too uppity. So we're dealing with the the, the real kind of mediocre. Uh, center of uh, of rugby league, which, as you know, with the North Sydney Bears, you can't win footballs with you can't win you can't win football matches with that. You can't the 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 middle class, the North Shore middle class, just couldn't survive. No, it it uh, it's interesting though. Of course, if New South Wales win tomorrow, they go four out of the last five, if I'm correct. So, is there a disconnect? The, the that, teams the teams changed a lot yeah. since last year. The team has changed dramatically. Um, I I do think. Uh, Latrell Mitchell is doing the right thing by the Rabbitohs. Um, he spent a lot of time working on that uh, that hamstring, and they helped him with that. But what's what's going on with the Fox? Look, you know, like I, I would have had him in there immediately, mm-hmm. and I thought after game one he was an absolute lock. Of course, Tupu went out and showed me completely wrong. It's all if if you wanted to talk football, it's around the the ability of the back three to make kick return meters and really challenge the line. And that's got to be the biggest issue for the Maroons tomorrow night. And in a way, maybe Tulanga going out and Oates coming back in might be a little bit of help there. But that's what I like about Origin Series. It's the only time in rugby league where we get that series concept. I'm a basketball fan. I love seven games, Mm -hmm. coaching moves, you know, changing strategies, responding. You get a bit of that in Origin. And I think the biggest things that Queensland have to deal with tomorrow night is how do they get more kick return meters out of their back three? And how do they avoid spider cam when Burton's bomb knocks yep. it off its perch and down onto your team? Well, that's an issue for spider cam to worry about. 
Uh, I think that would be met with cheers uh, from the from the the cauldron, uh, and probably from the people at home because really, Origin football you just want that side camera. You just want to follow the line, don't you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we need too much. Um, what was it before Spider Cam? There was another one. There was another eye in the sky. Um, well, there was some sort of flying fox. Yeah. Funnily enough, yeah. I think with one X. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a flying fox arrangement. Mm. Don't think it had the. Uh, the, the, the multi-dimensions that Spider-Cam is able to operate in, I think. Mm. You know, I think it was very much stuck on one cable. Yeah, no, but it, it did move pretty fast and it, it followed the line from the top. Um, but could it descend like Spider-Cam? No, like no. Spider-Cam could come down yeah. and interview Marnus yeah, 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 while he's yeah. having a drinks break. Not that that happened much yesterday. In yeah, cricket, but. Sp- Spider-Cam is an, is an interesting one, but I guess, you know, it's back to basics for Queensland. This is a game three decider and uh, we don't care how it's broadcast. And uh, in fact, we don't care about these stats you're talking about. You know these uh, these meters off the kick, these you know um, uh, possession. You know uh, all, all these all these kind of modern. You know we tried that. We remember we had the coach whisperer. We tried all this funky woo woo. Yeah, yeah. And it at the end of the day, you win matches playing football. Hundred percent. And I think what you're saying is Queensland doesn't need to be taken kicking and screaming in the 21st century. They need to go back to 1980. Absolutely. Just with wrestling coaches. As you, as a Queenslander, it's inevitable, Clancy, you've got a rugby league story. And mm-hmm. on Fire Up, we like to hear a little mm-hmm. bit about what that narrative is. Yep. What, in essence, has been your experience in rugby league and how has it made you the, funnily enough, in relation to that rumble, uh, a number of people on Twitter said that it was the greatest celebrity cameo in Australian professional wrestling history. It surprised me they referred to you as a celebrity, but there mm-hmm. you have it. How did it make you that celebrity? How has rugby league contributed to where you are today? Well, that is the problem with journalism in this country in 2022 is that journalists want to be celebrities. They want to get invited to events and they want to be friends with everyone. Back in the day, as you would remember, their job was to burn bridges, to burn sources, um, to drink a lot and to basically crowbar secrets out of, uh, you know, high-ranking police officers and uh, jaded politicians. Nowadays, there's this element of celebrity. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not too happy with the term celebrity cameo. I wouldn't be. I um I I preferred uh, journalist cameo or um <laughs> or you know maybe just breaking the third wall, um the fourth wall, fifth wall, um and you know pivoting, casting a wider net, changing lanes. But uh, that kind of does lead me back to my story of rugby league, um because I've worked in a few different industries and rugby league kind of informed my professional career quite a lot. I uh, started out as, um, you know, I never really wanted to follow my family into the Batuta Advocate, which I'm now editor of, at third, arguably fourth, arguably fifth, if you really want to go back that far, uh, editor of this newspaper. But I was always going to go a different way, and I was going to go with rugby league. I um, was a captain. Uh, actually, it was one of those, it was a bit like the Panthers. I think it was like 2000 and, would have been 2008 Panthers, where we had five captains. Uh, 2022 Tigers yeah might be 2022 another Tigers yeah um, so I was one of five captains of the Batuta Dolphins um, in the heyday and then unfortunately um, you know all of my energy and focus went on onto playing football and winning matches and then it was a uh, a shocking defeat um, against the Kunamala Rams in the I think it was well I'd know it was it was the 1978 grand final um, and I suffered a disgusting compound fracture both Tib and Fib were outside of the sock, and um, yeah, that that really kind of uh, uh, 
uh, I guess you could say stunted the career that was. Um, I was I, I had big dreams of going from the Batuta Dolphins to the Redcliffe Dolphins, maybe even up to the Cutters. Um, obviously, uh, the Broncos at that point was just a twinkle in in the eye of Lachlan Murdoch, I believe. But uh, yeah, never 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 even thought about heading down to Sydney. It was always going to be one of those careers, you know, Wally Lewis type, not one match. Uh, not one official match right. on uh, New South Wales soil. I feel like I took you back to a fairly painful place yeah, well, there. I'm sorry there, about that. It sent but... me, it sent me in, uh, uh, into an array of different uh, careers. I followed Jimmy Sharman's boxing troupe. Um, that was the second last boxing troupe in the land. Uh, Fred Brophy's still operating in, in Queensland. Um, so I was with them for about 10 years. Uh, kept a journal on me, of course. Uh, Danton Clancy overall I went by you saw a little bit of that yes the other night at the PWA uh, you know and I, I, I kind of was uh, doing a little bit of freelance correspondence for the Batuta Advocate because we'd go to different towns and I'd learn different secrets and I'd learn different scoops and uh, you know I guess after 10 years of rugby league football 10 years of tent boxing I'd had kind of enough work riding in between that and I'd suffered enough concussions and I'd drunk enough alcohol, um, you know, sugar cane, champagne, uh, before we even had Coca-Cola in that part of the world. So we'd have it straight. Um, and that kind of prepared me for a career with the aforementioned Sir Joe government where I was a media advisor for an array of different ministers uh, across a, what it was a vast cabinet in those days. I spent some time working for Russell Hins, the Minister for Everything. Yeah. He was in charge of road, main roads, racing, and I think justice uh, when I was working for him. And then, of course, that career ended just as quickly as my rugby league career ended uh, when I was... My, my girlfriend at the time's house was raided as a part of what we now know to be the left-wing witch hunt, which was the Fitzgerald Inquiry. I was going to say, did I read about you in the Evan Witten book? Yeah, you, I mean, you would have. I was in uh, Moonlight State as well. Uh, <laughs> I, was, um, I was in Pig City, actually. Um, if you if you want to kind of get across a lot of your Joe-era criminal literature, <laughs> I was I was involved in a lot of things, and we all know that was what it was. It was a bit like that insurrection, really. It was a bit of a beat-up, um, you know. Uh, I can't remember many charges being laid. No, there wasn't. And, well, I did skip town pretty Pretty soon after that, went back to Batuta. Eventually, you know, uh, my father retired, and as was my birthright, I took over his position. I've been working, you know, there for the best part of thirty years now. You mentioned aspirations of playing with fins up Redcliffe Dolphins, mm -hmm. who maybe yeah. prematurely are ending the NRL next mm -hmm. year. It's the fourth franchise north of our border mm -hmm. now. How do you feel about the arrival of the Dolphins in NRL and where do your allegiances lie at this stage as it comes to the professional code? Well, uh, it, it's funny. We we didn't have anyone from our town that made it down south uh, in the uh, New South Wales Rugby League. Um, Jason Little uh, played a bit of rugby union, played a bit of cricket. Mm -hmm. um, that, was, that was our great export. Uh, we didn't have the Charlie Frith ended up at the Bunnies from uh, from Dolby or the Artie Beatsons who ended up at the Roosters from Roma. And you'll find in those towns to this day, if you had a big enough name leave that town, everyone in that town still supports the team they ended up at. Right, right. Um, so for our town who didn't have any names like that, we just pledged our allegiance to the newest right. team in the comp, which was the Broncos. Then the Cowboys came along and we really wanted to, culturally we were much more aligned with that branding. Uh, we we tried our very best to, to, you know, hedge our bets between the two, but the 2015 kind of grand final blew that apart. 
Um, and we all ended up cheering for both sides until the very last minute, and then we were happy either way. So I think the Dolphins are a great opportunity for our town and for a lot of people who live um, in you know awkward parts of Queensland to have a team of their own. Um, and, and it's an old team. And, and it also is going to encapsulate a lot of the Moreton Bay region. In fact, I think it should be called the Moreton Bay Dolphins. I think I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I think the Dolphins is going to be is struggle, and I think they'll struggle the most in Indigenous round. Because, as you know, in Indigenous round, the teams adapt the local Indigenous terminology. So we have the Nam Storm, we have the Minjin Broncos, we have the Gadigal Roosters, and now we're just going to have... The dolphins. The dolphins. <laughs> right, doesn't make any sense. Know, does I don't it? know what we're gonna. I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, I don't know who the local artist is going to be because they're not from anywhere. Right. I don't know uh, who's going to do the acknowledgements of country because they don't have a country, um, as they've made it clear. Um, Can I suggest you got a bigger problem? What players? Uh, what was it? Nicarima. <laughs> yeah, just... Nicarima. And I did hear last night that they have signed nine under 15s Queenslanders, yeah. and I mean they're they'll just, be all right, mate. They're just going to be a little bit young getting out there. But hopefully, given I've made it all the way up here to um, the Brisbane region, we might get time to pop up and at least get a sense of you know, what it was like for the Warriors up there, the NRLW grand final, mm-hmm. and what the hell you're actually going to call the joint moving forward. It's, I'll tell you another interesting thing, and I might have already said this to you at another time. I don't think we've got enough franchises in Queensland. Right. And I, think, I think for the rugby league, what needs to happen, right? The Gold Coast has the two best rugby league high schools in the country, Kibra Park, Miami High. We know that. Everyone in Queensland knows what all the talent from each of their teams looks like each year. We also want to know where that talent goes because they don't end up playing for the Titans. They end up heading down to West Tigers, uh, running around the lower grades for them or joining the squad, and then they end up losing their position to local boys like Sharon Woods or Robbie Farrar, and then they end up, getting a missus, putting on 40 kilos and becoming a plasterer right. and staying in Sydney. That that's, sounds exactly like the West Tigers' pathways right now. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. And I, and I think what we can do to kind of resolve this issue and, and, and resolve a lot of greater issues that you have at West Tigers is, and, I, and I've definitely mentioned this to you before and I don't think it was received well, but I'd be interested to hear what your listeners have to say about this idea is that we put the Balmain Tigers jersey in a museum and leave it there. We, you know, we, we, we divvy up the MacArthur region to the 17 other clubs that exist around it. And then we moved, we moved the West Magpies franchise to Ipswich and rename it the Western Corridor Magpies. I think, I think those fans have proven that they will follow them to depraved parts of the planet that they have nothing to do with. And I think the Ipswich Jets would make a mighty feeder club and we could scoop up all those Gold Coast talent, all those high school talent that uh, we end up losing to, um, you know, to the daily grind of Western Sydney. Coached by the Walker brothers? Potentially. I don't mind a bit of money ball. Uh, I'm going to introduce Clancy Overall to Lee Hadjipatelis immediately after this podcast. Anyway, we are here on Origin Eve up in Brisbane. I don't want to say may the best team win because the best team will win, mm-hmm. the Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, but for one team on this eve, it's not going to end particularly well. The Eastern world, it is exploding. Violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has... Body is floating, but you tell me 
Welcome back to Fire Up. We're here with Clancy Overall, the tutor advocate. Up in where exactly is this room again? The Lucky... Lefty's Old Time Musical. Lefty's Old Time Musical. This isn't actually my first time here. Oh, really? Who'd you see? Game 2, 2016. Mm -hmm. I I met a girl at Splendor that year. So then I talked a friend of mine into coming up to go to the Origin. And then drinking all day for the Origin... She meet her at like what's eleven o'clock at night, yep. And then lefties, it's, it's the trendiest spot on, yeah, on the strip. That's when yeah. it starts to rip. Yeah, and then so eleven o'clock, I have to give myself a bit of a, a pep talk to be like, all right, she's coming for her first drink. I've had twenty, whatever, and so I just had to like force myself to do it all over again. I would say, and ended up in the gutter out. Yeah, well, I was okay. So you didn't, Good. Uh, you didn't it. convert. That's a view of the Caxton you don't often get to see from the gutter across the road. Across the road, no. It's um, it's interesting. I keep hearing stories about this bloke, Garley, um, Redfern Pat. Yes. Pantsman Pat. What do you think of that one? Well, it's funny. I can actually remember the 2016 incident and he went up with, can I say, high hopes. Mm-hmm. And he came back flatter than the pancakes I had for breakfast. So. <laughs> So it's it's actually uh, all, all the raw ingredients are there. I've seen him out on the circuit. Yeah, like you get him in at a hop chip concert, <laughs> and he's quality. Yeah, he but can... but the planning lets him down in terms of where he needs to be at particular parts of the evening, and he yeah. probably take a lot of advice from you, Clancy, in that area because like I'm even speaking to people who work in some of the local establishments here. They say, look, I'm in love with that guy. Mm-hmm. He is quality. So yeah, I mean, well, I'm married three times. So I've got kids all across this country. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a, a, a sparkling kind of beacon of where you need to be, Pants Man Pat. I would say, um, you know, Queensland girls are tricky. They're, um, you know, I'm sure you revealed a bit too much about yourself at certain parts of the evening. What were you wearing? Were you wearing a blues jersey? No, no, no jacket. Jacket over the jersey. Okay, you hid, you hid your shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's even before we get into my however many trips up to Big Sound, which is a, yeah. a one-week... Uh, open bar in in Brisbane. Isn't it a music conference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brisbane's Brisbane's the new Atlanta, um, is what we're being. Le- we're going to get our own Olympics, and there'll probably be some deranged man blowing shit up what? out front of it. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> back to Atlanta. That poor old man in that movie. It was wrongly what? accused. Yeah, yeah. Two Richard, movies. Yeah, there was right. a Clint Eastwood movie, and then there was a thriller on Netflix. Now, but I just want to quickly on that note, because um, you'll be pants man Pat. You'll be up here. Uh, for the Brisbane Olympics. Would you say that is the only comparison to Brisbane being selected for an Olympics? Atlanta. Atlanta? like this. It, I mean, Atlanta's an important city. You know, there's a lot of industry there. Coca-Cola. Of, Coca-Cola. Um, you know, a lot of music. Uh, live music capital. As we know, we've got the Hutchinson family uh, behind Hutchie's Builders who have teamed up with Powderfinger and we have a uh, N-more-sized concert hall now in the middle of Fortitude Valley. It works perfectly uh, with this image that Brisbane is trying to convey. Uh, I think there's enough culturally going on to Warren and Olympics, just like Atlanta has the strip clubs. But I, I don't know of a city that is kind of so visibly second to third tier getting an Olympics outside of Atlanta. No, no. I mean, I think if I said any other city, I'd get myself into trouble. But yeah. certainly from a financial point of view, I know Athens had a few questions going yeah. in and, and Brisbane was similar. It's funny you mentioned Atlanta. I actually went to a a wedding that was mid-Pacific, i.e. Hawaii, of a Sydney boy and an Atlanta girl. Right. And the table I was on, uh, I was speaking to a native of Atlanta and she said, oh, you're from Australia. I, I want you to know I've organized with my husband. My one leave pass is Keith Urban. Oh, okay. 
And I said to her, I don't know how to break this to you, but he's not such a big deal in Australia. Yeah. He, yeah, and I'm, that was pre The Voice, and I'm still yeah. not sure he's a big deal. Yeah, I'm a good kabulcha boy. He's probably a Dolphins fan. He probably is. I always defy anyone to actually hum a Keith Urban tune, though. Yeah. It doesn't really come to mind. Even Achey Breaky Heart. You no, know, no. Every time I are. try and do it, I end up with Lee Koenigan or Troy Cassadale <laughs> anyway. That's exactly right. Hey, listen, uh, Obviously, Redfern Pat has joined us, but I don't think you'll ever be known as that mm. anymore. It's Pantsman Pat or mm. PMP for short. Mm. lot of other issues to discuss in rugby league, but I would be remiss of me not to quickly ask you, what's the situation in the Diamond Tina in terms of regional rugby league? Because it's something that we all care a lot about here on Fire Up. How is it looking, given that you've highlighted that you haven't been able to produce anyone of note ever? Yeah, well, the, the Channel Country Rugby League, I mean, it's famous and... Uh, I guess you could say a lot of talent has come through here, but it hasn't come out of here. Sure, uh, we end up with a lot of um, a lot a lot of bad kids. Um, you know that that whole Carney in the Atherton Tableland pulling beers. We get all the we get worse than that. So we get the 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 blokes who can't even get to North Queensland for for a season before they um before they return to the NRL. The last um the last real talent we had was a uh, it was actually a Gold Coast. Titans fringe uh, player called Lalesio Prince, and he was uh, the baddest man in the. Um, yeah, he was the baddest man in the in the game, really. Um, but you can do those kind of things out here because we we really appreciate you coming out here and, and visiting. It's a bit like uh, Brendan Favola when he came up to play for the Brisbane Lions after all of all of the drama he'd caused down south in Melbourne. He was embraced, mate. <laughs> Absolutely, I got to tell you. I mean, we are so grateful to spend time with you and. One of my takeaways today is I'm going to see whatever I can do to start getting strings pulled for you to be in the torch relay come 2032 because that would be a huge omission if uh, uh, you and Errol weren't yeah, part of the festivities. I'd love to be on the coronation drive, leg of it anyway. I expect that you're pretty au fait with Royal Protocol and um, I think you don't have to know too much to understand that uh, Nick Kyrgios probably shouldn't have said what he said during the Wimbledon final. But the big royal story for Australians isn't that. It's really the revelations over the weekend from Sir Peter Volandis in waiting about his relationship with the Queen. He's mm. the new Robert Menzies. Yeah. He has gone on record and says that uh, he thinks it's good for rugby, rugby league that they have a chairman who could have an audience with the Queen. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Um, are, the long, are the London Broncos still... Second grade. Still second grade. I mean, it, it's better for British rugby league... I think um, that Peter Volandis is meeting with the Queen because he can actually um, lobby on behalf of you know some of their more ailing uh, competitions. I think the and entire clubs. competition's ailing. Yeah, yeah, I mean they had Magic Round this weekend. It didn't really rate here, did it? Yeah, no. It's um, it. I mean, obviously we all know that's the birthplace. Uh, Huddersfield. There was a pub yep. in Huddersfield where they decided to begin. The George, I think. Yeah, and uh, and that that history remains, but it does need a little bit of a, a bit of a, a vault. It needs a pack of whacker, and I think Peter Volandis, the the humble Illawarra, um, hard headed, you know, uh, sports administrator extraordinaire, is the one to do that. And if he has to carry the carry the torch for England, um, I think he should do that as well, and I think he will. He said, "We just clicked from the minute I met her." And mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's around real estate. Yeah. Because the Queen knows a bit about property. She knows her way around a castle or two. Mm -hmm. And I would have thought there's no coincidence that the first NRL asset purchase is the Gambaro. Yeah. Just near where we are right now, yeah. of course. It's not, it, it would be 80 metres down the street. And they tell me they do a good seafood. They do. 
That's but, where, it, fun fact, that's where Ed Sheeran was when he was running late for his Brisbane concert. He was wrapping up at Gambara. Well, you don't want to rush it, do you? No, no. Absolutely. And it's not like it's a huge tech setup with Ed. I've always thought that's one of the great beauties of him. Yeah. It's a guitar, right? Just a skip and a jump across past Wally's Wally statue and he's in through the, um, through the tunnel. But I'm wondering, and Pat, you might have a view on this as well, <clears throat> revelations over the weekend that they've made provision in the Rugby League World Cup, which they've had to squeeze between the women's Euros football and the Men's Football World Cup and the Commonwealth Games and God knows what, is that the the grand final, the, the, the World Cup final, is scheduled for Saturday uh, in November, one of the Saturdays in November. But they've made provision that if the Queen dies, they shift it to the Sunday because Royal Protocol is they have funeral on the Saturday. Do you think Sir Peter Volandis would have brought that up with Her Majesty about, oh, we're really thinking forward. Yeah. If... God double, forbid something should happen to double you. header. Yeah, he, right. he could say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. He, he dots his eyes. He crosses his t's. He probably would have said that to her. And don't think that we're not thinking about you, Lizzie. Exactly. Call that magic round. Look <laughs> yeah. at this. Your yeah. funeral on the nineteenth of November into the World Cup final, and it'd be sombre. So they've 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 booked the stadium for both days. Yes. Or? All right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's the kind of thinking that got us through the equine virus. <laughs> you, you mentioned the. Uh, baby Broncos, mm-hmm. or the Broncos. I should mention the Baby Broncos who are, in effect, up at Suncor on the weekend in uh, knocking over the St. George Laura Dragons. 13 of the regular 30 first-grade squad members were unavailable. That's a rich mythos. Gus Gould said, in relation to the current Broncos, I'd rather uh, face a pride of lions captained by a sheep or led by a sheep than he actually said a herd of sheep, probably should have said flock of sheep, led by a line. It was clearly referring to Adam Reynolds. What's your take on what Reynolds has done for probably the first team you supported back in the day in the NRL, the Broncos? Yeah. Um, I would say, look, it's it was a funny exit, and Pants Man Pat would probably have his own opinions about this, but it was a funny exit from the Rabbitohs to begin with. No one wanted it. It was a bit like when Tuvi got sacked as coach. You know, there was obviously something going on that the fans weren't being made aware of, um, and there were signs on the hills saying, please... Don't do this. Creative accounting, maybe. Yeah, too, yeah. too good at his job. Yeah, yeah. NRMA, all that. He knows. Well, if he's accredited, he can't do the underhanded accounting that the NRL is so famous for. Yeah, I know. So, uh, look, it's Tooves was a tricky one. Um, but I'll tell you who wasn't a tricky one. It was it was tricky for everyone, but uh, the fans it was was Sutton, and uh, I do think there was a fear uh, amongst the executives all the way up to Russell that because we have this local boy born and raised on Pitt Street, Redfern, uh, probably has a Rabbitohs tat somewhere under that jersey that we haven't seen. He's, he's, he's really South Sydney till he dies, as was the Maroubra boy, John Sutton. And you end up playing him until he's broken down. And I think 31, 32 is the time where you have to make that decision. Um, and I think it was the perfect time for him to pivot because they could put him in a club that wasn't as completely fucked as it was the season before, but was, you know, in need of a line leading the sheet. And and I think I think it gave him uh it, you know, it gave him a good little bit of clay to mould and I and I think uh it's one of the greatest purchases in modern rugby league. I yeah. think it's a huge sacrifice by Reynolds. I mean I believe that tattoo just had South Sydney Rabbitohs premieres two and then he was just ready to write in the number and he's um, not been able to do that. Pat, he got he got 2014. Was he there then? Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Well, there you go. In fact, did he replace so he just, Bully he just, Luke? He just put a no, no. That was Coruscant. No, Coruscant replaced Luke. Yeah. yeah. So Reynolds must have been. Reynolds replaced Sandow. 
Right, 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 right. So he just put a comma. Yeah, so he has been comma. there for nearly eight years he did there. Um, yeah, best part of a decade and he's from there. Like, I know he, what, dad was a street sweeper in, in, in Redfern. Yeah, mum's a regular, the Groz, Grosner. 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 Beautiful, Grosner. beautiful pub. And he, yeah, so he, he, you weren't going to get rid of him and the fans wouldn't want you to. So you had to kind of um, you know, pull the Band-Aid off while it was still kind to everyone involved. Well, you know what they say, when the Broncos are doing well, rugby league is doing well. Yep. And it's it's actually quite heartening to see. And it's, of course, it's adding to the legend of Ben Eichen, who went on record two years ago and said that the Broncos list was disgusting. Mm -hmm. And now he's gone up and taken control. He didn't get the job for CEO because he said the list was disgusting. Yeah. But is now doing good things. Head of football spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. Director of football. Director operations. of football. So tell He's me, Svengali. Tell me this, um, and we don't want to delve into gossip and you know um, old wounds. But there's going to be a battle between the Broncos and the Dolphins over talent, and we're starting Already? right now. Reece starting Walsh? right now. Reese Walsh. Is it really? Is is this the most kind of rugby league soap opera we could imagine that it's going to be between a father and son-in-law? Well, this is a really, really good point because it's immediately what occurred to me in relation to the Reese Walsh thing mm -hmm. is that the guy behind the scenes getting on the phone of the Warriors, ringing up Cameron Green and the like and saying, let's do this deal. It's Icon. Yeah. You know, a strange son-in-law as well. Yeah. Is, it, is he close enough to being estranged? Frosty. Yeah, it's Frosty. And he was impeccable on 360 about like he would disclose his relationship to Wayne, mm -hmm. but he was just so painfully objective because he was in the public eye. Yeah. <laughs> though Braith and Asa, of course everyone's pointing out is struggling a little bit about yeah. that they were talking about Munster last night and they referred to him as another player potentially yeah. going to the Dolphins uh, I think this is I don't know Succession or you know Sopranos like yeah yeah, yeah. and I, uh, there's a movie in it because you know blood, water all that sort of stuff this has got the the hallmarks of a terrific work don't you think yeah absolutely and I and I don't think it's, it's like one of those things that remains unspoken in like so many of the of the great kind of off-field dramas in rugby league, it just remains unspoken. But this is, is there we go. There you go. this is uh, this is Wayne versus Ben toe to toe for the first time. And you know, as everyone's now making the uh, the pun, it's, it's Wayne spelled W A N E. Yeah. And to see the decline of the man and the emergent, well, it's almost Godfather like, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Is this going to be a Godfather two type thing where? Um, I don't know. D does Billy end up assistant? I know Wayne and Billy are close. Uh, yeah. he, he never played from outside of Origin. Yeah. But Billy, if if he, if he proves his medal tonight, um, I would be very comfortable as a very new foundation member of the uh, blank Dolphins. I would be very comfortable with Billy uh, as the heir apparent. Right. It would, to would be Wayne Would be poetic. Mm. Wayne taking his last breath in the garden somewhere and mm. just sort of keeling over. <laughs> It'd be something. Speaking of voices in rugby league, the West Tigers, and I never want to dwell on the West Tigers on this podcast because we're going so awful, but uh, a lot of speculation about who's the leak. I'm identifying that there'll be a new season of Tales from Tiger Town, mm -hmm. subtitled Deep Throat. Yep. So it'll be more like a political There thriller. is a deep throat. There's a car park somewhere in Norton Street where someone's uh, asking not to be named. My theory is it could be the Latcham Robinson stand possum. Yep. If you get on the Fire Up socials, you'll see Terry Bull there with the possum last mm -hmm. Saturday night. It first revealed itself at the Bulldogs game, and there was a lot of talk that the possum had ended up in Cooper Cronk's commentary box. 
And I heard some scurrying behind me and turned around expecting to see the possum. And of course, it was Cooper running from the possum. But the possum is walking around with impunity now. Yep. It has all the secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's the all-seeing eyes. Yes. Uh, funny that they haven't done anything about the possum. <laughs> well, the possum knows all the secrets, yeah. right? And and like, <laughs> you need that knowledge to get some sort of political advantage. You think you'd eliminate the possum? Yeah. But in fact, that possum has heard so much, yeah. you wouldn't wouldn't willingly let go of that resource. The latest talk, of course, is a coaching triumvirate at the titular head, former West Tigers coach Tim Sheens assisted by two former West Tigers greats and life members of the club, Robbie Farah and Benji Marshall. Mm-hmm. After all the failings that we've had, yeah. is that good enough to replace Cameron Sorrello? I Look, is there a problem with the uh, West Tigers? And I know you don't want to dwell on this, but is how do all of your heritage and all of your legacy players and coaches all get burnt? Everyone. Has anyone left on good terms other than Wayne... Pierce. Well, I mean, uh, Ivan Cleary left on fantastic terms because he's fucked us over yeah. and got off the bus, right? But um, no. If you could kick Ben Elias out on bad terms, that would be a good start. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's the only one well, who He's Teflon, been. Benny. Yeah. He is Teflon. But, but yes, you're right there because Sheen's, Farah, and Marshall twice yeah. have all been shafted. Yeah. Yeah. But, and um, Woods left before that happened to him. He was, you oh, know. Clancy, was... if we had time, I could tell you all the Mac. There's another. The Ayub Isaac Moses agency Jason mm-hmm. Taylor story. It's just, it's an interesting club. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. It's it's certainly aging. Was it me. the the lunch club as well? The lunch club. Yeah. Was it the uh the the the, the big four? Yeah, the big four. That they were having a lot. two groups of players. Those players who went to lunch on a Thursday. And That's was, right. And then they, that was the big thing the club had to break up was the lunch club. Yeah, it was a bit a bit clicky. Oh, amongst the playing group. Amongst the playing group. Where the where do they get lunch? Like what? What are we talking? Is it? Is it? Are we going to Grappa or Tuscany or what kind of? Uh... Well, it was a younger brigade. Yeah, I think uh, at Concord you probably just go up to the Burwood Hotel. Yeah, I right. Think, Annandale maybe if they're a bit younger. Yeah, mm. it's a bit of a hoik back to the Grappa because the Grappa. Let me tell you, go to the Grappa on any given day now, and you'll see a rugby league identity. Yeah, not that I include myself in that. Um, we have a little bit of audio here of Tim Sheen's recent application as to why he's going to be able to get in and mm-hmm. clean up this mess. That's a job for Mr. Sheen. Oh, Mr. Sheen. Oh, Mr. Sheen. Today's the day to make the house all clean. From the table to the chair and woodwork everywhere. Wax and polish as you dust with Mr. Sheen. Oh, what a sparkle. Oh, what a sheen. Protects the fridge and saves your new machine. Finger marks around the door. Venetian blinds, what's more? Wax and polish as you dust with Mr. Sheen. Wax and polish as you dust with Mr. Sheen. Then there's the phone. And all the chrome. Even laminates come sparkling clean. Or an instant mirror sheen to everything you clean. Wax and polish as you dust with Mr. Sheen. Wax and polish as you dust with Mr. Sheen. I went to a 80s retro night on Saturday called Electronique where mm-hmm. they specialised in 80s 12-inch mixes. Yeah. You know, very, very Eurocentric. We're talking Erasure, Heaven 17, Scritti Politti, that sort of mm-hmm. ilk. Wasn't that good? And those 80s 12-inches aren't as good as I remember. In Tim's original application, he first went for the 80s remix of the Mr. Sheen mm-hmm. theme. And if you get a chance to get on YouTube and listen to that, never muck around with the original. That yeah. is the original 
and the best. Was he just trying to get the old boys on site? That's exactly right. Blocker and Benny at the Bowman League. The Heartland. The Heartland. Now, uh, one of the things I like to do is whinge, Clancy. So this is a segment that we call My Arara Valley Access to Grind. Yes, it's uh, my Rara Valley access to grind. I think I've got to apologise. I might have got the wrong Courtney last week, so Courtney Chapter, I apologise about that. But look, uh, I don't know, gentlemen, if you share this with me. We all understand the realities of COVID. That uh, was difficult. And I guess for you, Clancy, in your journalism career, you're probably doing more calls than I know you like to get intimate face-to-face with your subjects. And so a lot of rugby league television commentary called off too. But it seems to me that the written press mm-hmm. these days, not only are they not going to the games, they're writing their articles primarily based on quoting from the commentators yeah. who are not at the games calling the games off too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are we losing authenticity in the game? And am I right to be blowing up about this? I think you are. Is this? But is this a COVID thing or is this just a... Laziness uh, now. Is, it, yeah, is this just a... I mean, I know a lot of... Um, a lot of awards nights, corporate awards, real estate and the like have remained virtual um, because it's easier. You don't have to worry about putting on a spread um, and you don't have to worry about people misbehaving. Um, Is this what's happening? Is Australian media just, uh, you know, have they become complacent and hoping that these kind of uh, pandemic measures have become the new normal? Uh, I, I I don't see you need to be at the game. I do I do agree that this is an axe worth grinding. Hooper was the only one at Bellamy's press conference. I'm pretty sure he's definitely the only one he spoke. Right. Well, he, he loves a free ticket. Well, like he was he was doing the sideline there. So who's the new English guy who's often in these uh, press conferences? I got his name wrong. In Mike, me and it's either Brown or Wood. Right. We need to find out because he's there. But I think that again, he's you know, definitely jumped the shark though. He started off as like, he'd ask like tactical questions. <laughs> so it'd be like, Oh, Trent Barrett, your halves receipts are down on, is that something you've been consciously doing? And a lot of people on Twitter were like, Oh yeah, that's a breath of fresh air. And then he became self-aware of it and he yeah. started and you know, that well, gotcha. Now, yeah. He kind of got yeah. the, the God complex. Like, like those, like those journalists in, uh, during the pandemic yeah. who started off as like economics journalists explaining what we're going to have to do with lockdowns. And then eventually they kind of leaked a few opinions about how they don't believe in lockdowns. And then by the end of it, they become like QAnon. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> he, uh, you know, they follow the money and they follow the clicks. Um, that, that happens to them all. And it's, and it happens very quickly. It's during the election as well when, it's happened to everybody. Mm-hmm. Every journal is... Well, my concern about this is it's very much there's a current debate about the merits of working in the office as opposed from home. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to dive into that now. But a lot of people in saying we need the younger generation to be exposed to the workplace culture mm-hmm. in order to learn. It seems to me a lot of the young journalists are writing these reviews. And i got to tell you, if I've watched a game commentated by Michael Ennis, I don't want to go read a, an article about the game yeah, where yeah. I hear what Michael Ennis had to say. Mm. Michael Ennis is an interesting one. Would have you had... Uh, money on him getting into media? Uh, look, the funny answer to that is yes. I think the first run he got was as one of the current players coming in as a panellist on 360, and he's a little bit more analytical than your standard rugby league interview. Blocker. Yeah, and and he actually stood out in that forum. Now, mm. whether people could project from... 
little bit like the Benji show, which of yeah. course I watch every week out yeah. of loyalty, and it is getting better. Yeah. But Benji, fantastic being asked questions. Yeah. A lot harder to ask the questions. I'm in the tough role here. Yeah, yeah. And and Sonny Bill has the same issue. Yes. But there's so much talent that's just gone by the wayside. They ended up on, uh, you know, driving street team cars for, for uh, FM radio stations. I think Wendell, I think Ben Hannon. I think there's a lot of blokes out there that could be offering some great insights but you know there is a as we learn and as you'll see the frustration vent on the field tonight there is a very much a sydney new south wales centric approach to rugby league journalism in this country well you should be doing more about it i believe i mean i'd like to see jim graham in the commentary yeah i mean there's a few there's a few blokes out there that are just just itching for a start uh corey parker needs more airtime in my opinion uh, How much more? The king of the king of tautologies, that guy. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like you say. I don't know. Titans are playing Warriors. So all the Titans need to do today, in regards to the winning and I suppose the result of this game, is they need to put more concentration and and effort into what they're doing, into regards to what the coach has spoken to them and what they've been doing early mm. in the game in the context of the wider season. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with every. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming they're talking about the Broncos there, but. Um, uh, I agree with everything that you've just relayed to me. I also am interested in the current players because now they're a bit more savvy. Uh, you look at N- Naomi uh, Osaka. Osaka Solomon? No, <laughs> oh, no, you're talking about the tennis player. The tennis player. Sorry. Sorry, I had to jump there. Yes, Na- Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Na- Naomi Osaka is, <laughs> go- is not really playing tennis anymore and she's about to become the richest female sportsman in the world. Yeah, it's very Kenny. Um and the younger players in the NRL are figuring this out, that they have a brand and they have a presence that can make them a lot of money both while they're still playing and definitely afterwards. Who do you see out of the current crop that have those skills? I would say Cherry Evans is... I mean, people would say that he's probably going down to the players' union kind of uh, Clint Newton path. The RLPA path. Yeah. I dare say he might do that. Yeah, I, the, the trouble with Cherry, if you remember, they put him on a gig at Fox... But he's he's got a slightly odd way of mm-hmm. looking at the world. I yeah. think I don't know that Cherry's suitable suitably relatable. Mm. Luai made money in lockdown playing video games. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of Twitch action there. For... If I was going, if I was like talking to a footy player, I would say look away from footy. Yeah. Well, the I reality is much money in rugby league media. Yeah. The reality is, is Benji does a thing on his show where he asks the players he has on, "What's your side hustle?" Yeah. Eventually, the answer will be, "Well, they play rugby league." Yeah. Right. Because it's the other well, side. Eric Growth. Eric Growth Junior. Yeah. The the rock musician who uh, just played for the Kangaroos as a to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Or the undercover prop. Uh, it was the that was a Wallaby star that was actually working undercover at the time, and they had to make a deal that he couldn't be interviewed after the matches. Yeah. What are your mob? Uh, Christian Welsh was on 100% footy last night, mm. and he's a talent. Yeah, well, he's a future Labour. He's a politician. Yeah, yeah, he'll be, um, he'll be, he'll probably take uh, the seat of Griffith back off the Greens. Um, Does he have any connections to Palaszczuk? Uh, no, well, he's probably factionally opposed to her. He's a real lefty. Yeah. Um, if you if you look at some of his tweets, they Jesus. don't have any. They don't have his mutual friends. No, no, no. There needs to be an anthology, a definitive work written about rugby league and politics, but Mike mm-hmm. Cleary, Big Lazo, Dished Dowling, mm-hmm. the United Australia Party, of course, Mal Meninga famously for 22 seconds, yep. and uh, yeah, Welsh, the new generation. Ah, uh, gee, I tell, you, uh, I tell you who I'd like to see more that I don't see enough of is Todd Payton, simply because I do believe he is the best looking man in rugby league. Uh, we're talking coach, yeah, coach Payton. Payton. I think he looks like... When he has that 
North Queensland Cowboys kind of uh, windbreaker zipped up, mm-hmm. and he's chewing gum for 80 rugby league minutes. I reckon he looks like a kind of Balkan war criminal. Yeah. Don't you yeah. think? He's got yeah. those piercing eyes, yeah. um, and he knows a lot. Uh, we often refer to him as being the merciless. Yeah. Flash Gordon, Max von yeah. Sydow. It's just terrific. Look, if we're talking bad boys, very quickly, uh, Latrell Mitchell is back. Rugby League is better for it. He's without that hamstring. That was removed in the United States. He's come back five kilos light, lighter. But still, the press want to say he's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Um, th- that's just the, the world that we live in now. Um, they, they know when they're doing it, the staff riders. And we know it's a, it's a staff riders. Very few of them will put their name to it. Maybe Hooper or, um, or oh, the one-match sensation... Paul Kent will uh, will at least delve in the culture wars, but I think what everyone needs to realise is the culture wars are over. That, that the days of social media division are really starting to kind of wane, mm-hmm. and it's because we've had all the elections and that that you know that last wave of politics is kind of behind us, and we're we're onto like you know we're focused on a recession now and a post-war uh, effort, a post-war kind of recovery after the pandemic. So you, you can't really get by on that shit that was happening to Goodsey, which the media was very complicit in. They knew exactly what they were doing, yep. um, and I think they're trying with Luttrell. They had this thing in America where um, in those years, the really kind of Facebooky years. Uh, the word thug is used to describe black footballers. Uh, in Australia, we usually say sook. You know, the redneck journalists will say sook. The, a lot of black players get called sooks. And then when that fails, because Luttrell's proven he's not. He can come back from injury. He can come back from whatever. He can come back from gruelling criticisms, media pylons. Carl Stefanovic even got a taste of him because, you know, there was one second of Aboriginal flag in the NRL promo video. Then they move on to grub, which I think Latrell's now being put in grub kind of areas, which at the end of the day, you can attest to this pantsman, Pat, that will just affirm him in, in Rabideau's territory. Yeah. You know, it's the same with Ennis. He was a grub, but he's our grub. Yeah. Um, and I personally don't think Latrell is a grub. I think he's a hard footballer. And I think I did see a reluctant, um, I did see a reluctant staff writer article uh, just a couple of days ago that was kind of suggesting that the the Rabbitohs are now the sleeper, you know, dark horse because of Superstar's return. <laughs> they didn't they didn't use his name, um, but that's what they were talking about. It's But you are coming for us, aren't you, Pat? The yep, rabbits? For the Tigers. No, 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 not for the Tigers, <laughs> for the for the uh the Panthers, I guess. Yeah. Is it gonna be a repeat? Uh I got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work to do. So we do the hard hitting analysis here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking people who are having discipline issues, just to finish off this segment, Brandon Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just hear some of his work from a very, very unsuccessful stint at Shark Park last Thursday night. Go to you, shorten it. Go, go. I'm not even going to repeat what he said. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even. I'll, I'll tell you later off camera. What I love is how two weeks ago no one knew who Peter Goff was, and mm-hmm. then after the end of the Raiders Dragons, we know intimately who he is and mm-hmm. how brave he is. Is a question. Mm-hmm. Now we all know who Andrew G is. Yeah. Because he's reacted precipitously when Brandon's described him as you, you cheating bastard. Yeah. 
I have to say, it's the worst sledge that I've ever received was being accused on the court of being a cheat. You can call me lots of names, but I hate that. Um, Cheating bastard is very, very rural New Zealand, isn't right, it? Yeah, you yeah. cheating yeah. bastard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, fucking cheat was what I would imagine. Yeah, sorry yeah. Um, sorry for the uh, the crispness of that one. Yeah. Um, or you cheating fuck or you cheating... Cheating bastard is yeah. a real throwback. There's a lot in each word, isn't there, Pat? Well, because... So say, like, the conventional thing, he's like, bastard's the bad word. Mm. But then if you censor bastard, it's, it's still bad. Yeah, you know? yeah. It ends up being that if you're going to censor a word to make it okay, you'd censor the word you. Because mm. if he called, you know, whoever's making the tackle on him, yeah. oh, look, he'll get him the cheating bastard, doesn't, doesn't, yeah. well, ready to mention. That was part of the dialogue, because I think one of the Storms players said, was he talking to you? And he goes, he was. He goes, oh, well, I'll, I'll just shut up. And, of course, Brand had a bit of an exchange on the way out. It's the second time a Smith has been sin-binned mm-hmm. in Shark Park in sensational circumstances. It wasn't quite the occasion that when yeah. Cameron Smith was booted off Shark Park, but it was a tough night for the Storms. Uh, young Grant Anderson got an injury. Kenny B, as I like mm-hmm. to refer to him, the younger Bromwich, or is it the older Bromwich? Uh, yeah, headed, to, headed to Redcliffe. Headed yeah. to nowhere in particular, but headed to the Dolphins. <laughs> Correct. As a serious injury as well, and um, obviously Pappenhausen. And when Kenny B went down with his leg injury. Someone was heard on the audio when a member of the crowd just yelling, just go home, Storm. <laughs> and it's sort of summarised it. That's good chat. Brandon Smith, uh, he'll get a stint on the sidelines, but he's heading to the right place. He's going to the Sydney Roosters, and mm-hmm. we've been exploring Clancy that the Roosters way, it's really, um, I don't know, transmogrifying, if that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You've got Robbo individually criticising referees. You've got uh, Victor Radley simulating sex acts, which mm-hmm. is just so, so inappropriate. It's just line. crazy. Yeah. Matt Lodge, case closed. And now Brandon Smith is going to the Roosters mm-hmm. with his cheating heart. Politics activists. It's so important with regards to your right. I got the wrong, yes. wrong game. Call your phone today. No. I'll call your phone today. Um, I have no intelligence. That's what I'm suggesting. Now, Clancy, I asked you to watch the footy on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that team in purple? No. Did you, well, Hence why I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't across this, uh, this, this dramatic spray from, um, from the, the Chiefs. Chiefs yeah. yeah, well, it might have been confusing if you were following the team in purple. Who is this team in purple and what have you done with the Melbourne Storms? Because it doesn't resemble anything like what the Melbourne Storms well, usually produce. Normally, you'd never see that with a team like the Melbourne Storms. This is nothing like the Melbourne Storm. I feel like I'm watching... Jimmy, Jimmy! I don't know who I'm watching. It's not the Melbourne Storm. There's just no talk. No talk at all between the Storm. Very unlikely. Oh, Moylan. 
Now that's that's not Melbourne Storm. It's not what I remember. Yeah, no, he's been keeping on that. I've been following footy for six weeks now. <laughs> And I know there's a team in purple. They concede about 30 points a week and they lose every other game. Yeah. So it wasn't surprising to see the team in purple, purple conceding 30 points and getting vlogged. Yeah. Is, is this the, I don't know, I, I haven't caught, followed the storm that closely. Um, you, you get know, a job at nine. Well, that, that was the thing. <laughs> the storm The storm were always, like, kind of after the Broncos uh, had their extremely stacked era kind of fade away, it became the storm. And people kind of lose um, lose touch with it, just like as we are have been with the Roosters recently. People kind of lose interest in this team because that team in purple weren't the underdogs and they'd certainly established themselves as basically the All Blacks of the NRL. Are, are we witnessing a collapse? And have they collapsed before, would you say? Well, the answer is they've never collapsed. That's mm. been the problem. Mm. Everyone's been death-riding them for the best part of the two decades they've been in the comp. But there are signs. 2001 wasn't good. <laughs> but... <laughs> We've got the Storm won three of their last seven. Mm-hmm. The Roosters are on a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Yet if you look at the last 20 years, pretty much one of those franchises has been in the grand final, if not both. And mm-hmm. funnily enough, only once they played each other. So there's hope. But, you know, Bellamy will get back into the lab, the Petri dish, yep. et cetera, et cetera. The big concern that we've got, I think, as a show, however, and I don't think we have the reach of Matty Johns's show, but it's when our material gets into the Matty John show. So they're really across the unrooster like unmelbourne like mm-hmm. joke now. Like they got onto the Damien Cook as a former beach sprinter early this year. Mm-hmm. We've been running that for about three years. Okay. So yeah. Suck it up, Pat, because we haven't got much time left on that one. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you don't want to be too critical of the commentators. I'll give them credit where it's due. This is the some other highlights from that nine call. He's a player, this young man. There's a kick. Oh, he's having a game, isn't he? But he was taken down, and here's a ball. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's, they know what uh, they're doing. It's it's pretty. Um, uh, they, they, it'd be great if you were listening to that on the radio. I think they yeah. kind of quite. Um, they they really kind of Very break little. down the basics of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then turning to the other big game of the week, which was West Magpies against uh, against Parramatta, opening mm-hmm. up at, at Leichhardt Oval. Our good friend of the show, Spud Carroll. Mm-hmm was on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave himself pretty much a pat on the back during the call. From Asu Kapoa. He went Kapoa with that brute strength. <laughs> Kapoa. Yeah, well, this all comes from the penalty. Kapoa, just to get eyes on the ball. He's just right foot step, left foot. Bit of a bump left hand, but Jesus, keep using the legs. Power to the line. Kapow, as you like to say, Matty. Here's Kapoa, now with ball in hand, and this was all strength, Spud. You love that? I think I called him Kapow at the end of it. Yeah, that's uh, that's classic Spud. He's trying to get something off the ground there, isn't he? I love yeah. Spud. Yeah. Read I his like book. Spud. Loved yeah. it. Uh, he's always been friendly to me. I love but that guy. When do these nicknames launch? I mean, I know the Cheese campaigned heavily for his own name, as did his teammates. Well, I think Andrew Johns came up with that. Because he called Blocker Roach, Blocker Cheese. Yeah, right. And then he called Cheese, Blocker Cheese. Blocker got Blocker, Cheese got Cheese. Right. Okay. Two different eras, two different blockers. The the Spud story, the origin was his pregame diet. Yeah. A lot of potatoes. But when he got to the gym, I think prior to that, he wanted to get the number plate, Mm -hmm. SPUD. Yeah. 
and it had already been taken personalised, so he added the D, and yes, that, that became gym. his brand, yeah, yes, Spud Spud's gym down there in Woolloomooloo. Mm. But uh, what, are there any other nicknames? Because it was much more prominent before the internet, before we had access to all these people, before, and in fact, well before we could pronounce all these names. Everyone, the commentators have gotten a lot better. Big Tino, even um, a few uh, commentators will tonight dare to pronounce his entire last name. I don't name. want to say Farsu or Malawi. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're, they're making an effort. But before, once upon a time, it was everyone had one. There was the Pearl, there was Alf, there was. I mean, we are, we are, I think Kapow could fit Trell, in well. Trell's trying to get Trell Mitt off Trell the Trell Mitt, yeah, That's Trell. Trell not Mitt. one of his best. Yeah. Well, the Kapow thing, of course, you've got Marty as well. That's part yeah. of the problem. But, yeah. I mean, Roy and HG, they kind of, they made it difficult, didn't they? Because they were so genius at yeah. it. I mean, to nickname Alfie Langer Deborah Carr. Yeah. Because he played in The King and I. Yeah. You know, it was just superb stuff. Yeah. There was, um, there, there was one that I, uh, that I really enjoyed uh, of late. I don't know, it'll come to me in a second, but you know, yeah, the 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 vintage of everyone, and even the Olympians, you know, Madam Butterfly, Torpedo, we've kind of there's there needs to be a bit of campaigning. I think it Missile. needs to come down to people like Spud that um that needs to need to get this off the ground for Skip. us. Um, so you we're at Queensland tonight. You guys are having COVID problems. Mm-hmm. Announcer's got some selection advice for you. Wish, Jeez. but here third time, unlucky for Trindle, who has caught everything. Except for COVID. Jump in right off the back of that. So. Yeah, yeah. What's he waiting for? Laughter yeah. or something? There's Anderson. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's good chat. Caught anything but COVID. Uh, it's it's funny how it's, the, yeah, we're still talking about it. It's still just as, I reckon more, there's been more drama in the last couple of weeks with all this than, uh, when did Nico Hines go down? couple of days prior yeah i think the bubble was the bubble worked yeah and there's talk that they'll go to the bubble for the finals yeah because you don't want to lose key players Mm. you know the week before the gf or something yeah well the pants man brought the bubble dylan origin dylan brown was great by the way he's again he was on Matty johns on sunday and he said i love the bubble yeah single no family responsibilities i had a great time yeah yeah (laughs) which which many wasn't adhering really well to the bubble exactly um i reckon they would have all had a lot of fun up there in those resorts the bubble was an enabler yeah yeah (laughs) for sure but those resorts where the only you know the the whole teams are up there in bloody mini waters or or uh twin waters or one of those accor hotels up there on the sunny coast the only people they're coming across are the weddings taking place in the middle of it. Well, the, there was a netball team staying in the same hotel as Melbourne Storm okay. in 2020. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I bet you there's still ongoing relationships from that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe even the, maybe there's little, even bubble babies. Yeah, yeah, little future Yeah, Melbourne Storm. or Could be a spike in athletic ability yeah, in yeah. 20 years' time. Like the last one was the... Um, the last spike, the last real spike we had was the post-NBL... Uh, African-American import wave. We ended up getting Ben Simmons, Dante Exum, Archibald Smith played for the uh, Brisbane Lions and, of course, uh, Angus Crichton's missus, the sprinter. She's the daughter of a, a NBA export. Right, and well, Dyson Daniels is just signed with the Pelicans. Really? Yeah, um, and of course, as everyone said, it's just unusual for an Australian to hear another Australian say, for all my life, I dreamed of being a Pelican, but it came true. <laughs> well, it is an interesting one because it just goes to show how... In the NBL, we end up getting kind of the college rejects or maybe the draft rejects. And all it takes is for them to have a son or a daughter who gets access to the AIS. 
Which isn't, feel, isn't hard for those to have a, a kid. No, well, I mean, uh, what, Olympics here in Sydney, everyone was gassed up on all these international visitors. So if you were permanently based here, you would have been a hit. And then, of course, I mean, uh, uh, that's not happening to those kids over there in the States. They're not getting put through the AIS from Nick Kyrgios' age, you know, to 10 years of age. I, I'd be interested if we took all of their basketball uh, uh, college rejects. We, we, we could stack all codes. The history of Australian basketball begins mm -hmm. after the 1956 Olympics because yeah. a number of uh, Americans decided to stay on in Melbourne. Right. Yeah. And the boxing, we had a little bit of boxing with uh, all the boxers that disappeared after Sydney yeah. and then popped up about five <laughs> years later with different names and they were great. Cameroon, were they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not going to get through a whole show without hearing from Buzz. We don't need another bottom four yeah. club in this comp. How many bottom four teams is the correct number of bottom four teams? That's right. that, yeah, that's... Um, because if we get to the stage where we've got like 10, 12 bottom four teams. But who, who's he saying will be... That's Redcliffe. The fifth bottom four team. Yeah, Redcliffe. Redcliffe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't know. We'll be right. Yeah. Now, we've given you a bit of a free pass yeah. today. You're a serious journalist. I've got to bring up... Uh, do you read Jim, Jim Hooper's articles, Jimmy Brings? No. No. Well, so in 2020, you personally had an article that said... Um, Blocker makes interesting observation that a good team will be hard to beat if they play good. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. I'd say Blocker himself might even have a chuckle at that. This is James Hooper's retort okay. the next week. The comedic geniuses behind the hilariously funny internet rag decide to rip into the great Steve Blocker Roach and other notable uh, league entities earlier this week. These vape-smoking, craft-beer-drinking, sandal-wearing, roll-on deodorant uh, uh, exponents uh, should stick to giving it to right-wing pollies. We're tipping the millennial urban cowboys would find reverse quicker than ordering their next jug of Young Henry's if they actually ran into Blocker. Lucky for these Zed graders, the Balmain legend only drinks in pubs with two is new. I mean, he... That's, a, that's an interesting one. We did have a return fire to that, uh, which was... Uh, What's what's I've, it was, I've it was we've been we've been like associated with you guys you know very loosely for a few years mm. I've never seen any Roland deodorant. No, we did. Uh, fuck, what's that bald bloke's name again? Wonders <laughs> Mal Meninga as James Hooper enters Fox Sports lobby. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know he, he, I've seen him make a few shots like that. Uh, he did another one at the uh, the Players Association. And it seems to be that every time he does something like that, he ends up making a crack about these, like the elites. You know, at the end of the day, he's saying that Blocker drinks Tui New in Balmain, which is yeah, the, pre I know the pretty pubs, yuppie. You know what I mean? Like, I know the pubs he drinks in. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, they're not that bad. And but it's also like, does he think that anyone who's involved in rugby league is based in Mount Druitt at you know that Friction nightclub or? Well, they're not. Yeah, I mean, uh, where, where would they drink at Fox? Where would they? Oh, well, they're fuck. Would it be the St. Leonard's Tav? I can tell you, Great they, Northern maybe. Yeah, Sackville. Sackville. They, well, they Sackville. go over the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Well, plenty, a bunch plenty, of them live over there. Plenty of craft beer on offer at those pubs. I mean, I, I you know, that's fair play from both from both ends. Um, but I think I think he really got his moment when when the, the storm won and the boys had his phone number. Someone that's had their phone right. number and they rang it well, like seventy eight times. He called it World War Three because yeah. Brandon Smith posted like a an Instagram story. Yeah, with the ring saying "sucked in, Baldy." Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean he he takes his knocks. You can't you can't. Why don't people like this sport? I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's tired old analogies. 
Yeah. You know, he'll be like, he's fair income, done his best impression of former Australian Prime Minister Harold Holt. He's gone missing. Yeah, you yeah. can't find the bloke. That's good. That's uh, yeah, oh, a good chat. Hey, uh, we got to get you doing that live sometime. <laughs> we invite him over. You seem to. What, what did he write that grinded your gears? Is what I'm. Uh, I'm what I'm interested in, pants man. Because you brought him up a few times to me. Old roll on deodorant. I, I find that's one of the funniest things I've ever read. Is criticizing someone for being a roll on deodorant exponent. I oh, just. He's a vlog. Yep. And it's like if you follow, if you follow rugby league enough, it's just it really they all wear you down. Mm-hmm. The journos, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that was that was the feedback that a lot of our uh, media organs were receiving, and they've doubled down. Like three sixty is response to everyone saying I have an issue with every single individual on this panel, and they put them together. Mm. Um, but you know, you just gotta. I mean, we, you got to take the Bonnie Sampson approach. She yeah. was on last night, and yeah. Kent was just cranky about everything. And she was at, at one stage. He said, "Look, we just get on here and talk crap." Yeah, and she just burst out laughing. Yeah, and that, that's that's the way I take it. Yeah, and it, it so many of my colleagues and friends, it, the rugby league journalism drives them insane. Yeah. and I go, "It's the party." I yeah. mean, I'm I'm, I'm buying it, a ticket. It is it, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm, I'm heavily invested, and I. Um, I'll read it too. I'll read the stuff. Yeah. I'll I'll read the stuff that uh, I detest, like in my in my heart of hearts. I do think it is a shame, though, and this is what they all need to remember at the end of the day is that some of the greatest rugby league journalism has been done by forensic journalists who really like Kate McClymont. That's blowing, right. Blowing open the salary cap, she also brings down governments. Um, yeah. So I guess there's a little chip on the shoulder there as well that they 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 want to, as I mentioned earlier, want to be chummy and they want to be at the events and they want to be at the launches. They'll pick four or five players that they reckon they've got a arm's length between them and uh, and themselves and and jump on their heads. Latrell's one of them. Uh, who who else gets it? Uh, well, Tigers are it. Tigers. Anyone? Yeah, Brooks, Brooks will get it. Brooks yeah. will get it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if Victor Radley walked past them in the pub, they'd be so excited, and especially if he nodded at them. Are you saying that they'd go into reverse quicker than they'd all their <laughs> yeah. next schooner? Of- <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a friend who knows Kate McClellan, and I did, through him, ask her on, and she said, oh, I, I wouldn't have anything interesting to say, and mm. you're just going, oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to know how you blew open. Oh, yeah. Um, and Spillane was another was another great example of the kind of outsider journalist. She, she lived and breathed it, but... Um, the commentary, like the, the analysis brand of a journalist, isn't going to break any stories. It's no. all just rumor monging and, and, and ambulance yeah. chasing. Yeah. yeah, I think some of the real hard yards are being put right here. I don't know if we've blown open the deep throat yet, though. The possum is one. Yep. Uh, yeah, one. I guess suspect. Um, <laughs> but there's a, an array of people that have gone in and out of the revolving door that could be <laughs> leaking right now. Could be the foreman at the. Uh, construction of the Centre of Excellence at Concord. Pat, where are we? 47 Texas? Yeah. I walk into the change rooms there. I've got 47 Texas. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 Texas. Every one of those Texas agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. Now, on the rugby league commentary, we got Mayor of the Shire, Dave Stringfield, sent me in there. So the two main problems in rugby league we are talking about last week with refereeing, is that there's too much grey and there's too much black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he sent this in. Well, we need some some hard and fast rules in, which 
a little bit flexible. How hard mm-hmm. is it? Hard and fast rules that are a little bit flexible. Yeah. And then the uh, Andrew Ison, uh, he picked this one up from Sean Lane scoring or his no try at the early stages of the West Tigers game. Height and mismatch, isn't it, between Sean Lane and Dane Laurie. He had a nose for the line. Allegedly. Now, he was cleared of anything, Pat, that was just a bag. A picture of him with a bag. That's all it was. Did did we just hear the word heightened mismatch? <laughs> heightened. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Heightened mismatch is probably the most Friend shocking. of the show, Clancy, uh, sent this in. <laughs> heightened mismatch, isn't it, between Sean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> heightened mismatch. Um, oh, that's good stuff. And and more of it tonight. More of it tonight. It's, uh, it's Origin Eve. Well, we talked about this a lot during the series, is that on Origin Night, Twitter is ablaze with... Um, how uh, Channel Nine's so bad. Like I love Fox Sports. I love. Fo- it's the no- one night they don't do a game, and it's the one night that they- people actually enjoy their commentary. Yeah, it'll be. Um, my favorite thing about Origin Night is when like these latent professionals reveal themselves. You know, these these closeted rugby league fans. There was a couple, particularly like Brisbane business identities, will start tweeting, and then they'll either be at the match or at home after a few. Sherbets and they start getting way out of line with yeah. some of their like the ref and the, then the homophobia ramps up yeah. and then the it, yeah. it's uh it's yeah it's it's a great it's a great it's it's gladiatorial combat and uh, I think we're going to see the worst of everyone tonight and I'm I'm very excited yeah, for it for those guys it's if Mathis is not on the rugby league's on yeah it's it's all for me look at this juncture Clancy you've been so generous with your time and you've obviously got other media commitments in the lead up to the big game tomorrow so we're going to let you go I do run a segment called another reason to dislike the Parramatta Reels Parramatta 28 West Tigers 20 that's enough yep uh you had if I could throw the floor to you for closing comments I think you wanted to make an observation about Flash Gordon yeah uh yeah uh Ming the Merciless yes well it's an it's not at all a rugby league related fact but did you know that uh Kevin and Matt Dillon of uh, Johnny Drama and something about Mary fame, their grandfather was the creator of Flash Gordon. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Small story. Uh, you know. Small. You just world. keep you just keep that in your holster. Every yeah. Okay. Day. I was, I, it would have made sense if I brought it up when we were talking about Ming the Merciless and just as a side note. But I yeah I held it to the very end. So um, glad we could finish on I, on such a blockbuster. And I'm big on both Dylans. Yeah. Tell you. I love both their work. Uh, final tip, like as every show does. Got a score for us? Uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be Queensland twenty plus. Twenty plus, beautiful. Clancy, thank you so much. We I love, think it'll, it'll blow out. Is what I'm saying. We love what you do at the Batuta Advocate. Some of the work that's come out this year, like the Decode series, has kept going. I understand. Yep. Any exciting things for us to be looking out for? Uh, oh, we've um, no, no, no. We'll post Decode is uh, is continuing monthly, bi monthly. Uh, with the different different things that about the about the political news cycle, we, today we interviewed Tony Windsor just to break down uh, all this drama around Albanese uh, stripping all the staffers from the independents. If anyone cares about that, we interviewed Tony Windsor, uh, a former Gillard sympathizer, um, to talk about that. And but otherwise, we're just interested in uh, interviewing people that aren't politicians on the on the weekly Batuta Advocate podcast. Uh, we've had Gillies from Silverchair. We've had um, we've had a whole array of different guests, and this week we'll have Dane Simpson, the King of Wagga, King of Wagga Stand Up. I listened to Ashley from Weather Zone yesterday. Yeah, that was very interesting. Did that give you a fright? 
three La Ninas back-to-back, I reckon. Every time I open the door, I get a fright. Uh, Pantsman Pat, it's been great to see you um, emerge as your metamorphosis on this show, courtesy of Clancy. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Mate, good luck on the tiles tonight. Spied me a couple of times at the uh, at my haunt. Mm. Dennis, have fun in Basil. And as I say at the end of every show, calm the blues. Hey, no, wait. Will you just stop the game, please? I've got a report against number eight. Number eight completer. Uh, sorry, after the try, has come up to me and said, What are you looking at, you effing dog? Then walks towards me and goes, What are you going to do? Okay.